in the needles to the letters of the island that translates to letters of the family in Petra, where it recently stopped supernatural stories with the Latinx twist. I'm Melody, and my siblings are... Hi, everyone. I'm Grace. Hey, guys. I'm Bethel. And today is our part two of Lost Cities of Latin America. But today's also our first two-parter, but also our first ever remix of an episode because we recorded last week and it was a mess. And I'll let my siblings give more details. Go ahead, guys. Yeah, we had like a whole plan that it was going to be like a fantastic recording. Everything fell through. I was on my I, my phone's internet. Everyone, people were sick. It was just a mess. It just yeah, was I, not good. My connection was terrible. There was a lot of like just cuts. You, It sounded like we were underwater half the episode. <laughs> and we were all in the same city for the holidays, but we couldn't see each other because I got sick and it was just... It was just a really messy episode. So we decided to give you guys our best performance yet. Today's episode. <laughs> Hopefully it didn't jinx us. No, it's going to be good. It's going to be good. Positive vibes. But also, Happy New Year, everyone. Oh, yeah. Happy How New was Year, everyone's guys. New Year? But also tell me, what, what's your guys' resolutions? How do you guys feel with the 2022 year? Um, yes. Our New Year's was great because we spent it together uh we kind of got sick from spending it together but we yep. at least spent yeah, it together <laughs> uh, at the moment we were having a blast but afterwards it was no fun but other than that I, I, I was really happy to see you guys because you know I, I live towards San Francisco and any time and spend with you guys is special to me and a fun new year's resolution that I have is not to lose my socks and and they, I'm like, this is not even like funny. Like it's true. I lose my socks and have to buy socks like every three, four months <laughs> so, because Pisco steals them. So Pisco is my dog. Right, She's this right. little pug. She does. So she like picks at them, pulls them. And then I find them in her crate or she throws them over the balcony or. Oh no, you're that neighbor. <laughs> oh my goodness. Wow. She throws out your dirty laundry. <laughs> As long as it's not, you know, my undergarments were okay, because that would be really embarrassing. No DNA. (laughs) (laughs) So Willis always bunches up his socks. So he takes up his socks and he puts them together, like, like wraps them up and puts them in the laundry. But I obviously don't. I know he has a great habit and I never do. I throw one over here. I throw one over there and he's go like, sees which one she wants to go to. And mm -hmm. So I have talked to Willis about it and that's my new year's resolution. And he's going to try to help me so I can not spend on socks every three to four months. That's like, that's a good one. <laughs> that's a really specific one. You should have that discussion with Bisco too. Though. I definitely should, should. She kind of already got the point because I've closed the bathroom door. Well, as you can see, it's not even closed right now. Damn it. Damn it. <laughs> Um, but yeah, but I have started wrapping them. I have started wrapping my socks. So that is going to help significantly. I'm proud of you, Grace. Congrats. Yeah. That's new. Resolution. I used okay. to live with you. So we used to live with you. So this week come from you, your socks and you yeah. have a relationship or lack of. Mm-hmm. Oh, well, yeah, that that's my new year's resolution. So how, what is yours, Beto? Or how would you describe our new year's? Um, yeah, fun. It was fun. I got there a little later, but it was pretty cool. You know, I feel like 
don't know. It was different. It was nice. It was nice to finally hang out with you guys for, for New Year's. Agreed. And um, yeah, drank a little, ate a little. It felt so real. I don't know why it felt so real because the previous year we didn't get to spend it all six of us with our partners. Maybe that's why it felt surreal. And even our mom came with her husband and it was really nice. Yeah. Yeah. I definitely agree. For next year, we're hope to do a fashion show New Year's that someone's going to be a winner. So I'm putting it out there and I'm putting Mm -hmm. this out into the world that this is what I want to do next year. So we all like come up with this, these crazy outfits and then we do like a fashion show. I think it would be so much fun. Gotcha. We'll have categories, the karaoke one. <laughs> trying to think of what else. Yeah, categories, the karaoke one. Oh no, guys, I had one of my senior moments. I had something more to say. It's gone. <laughs> All right, help so, me out here. So what is your New Year's resolution, Beto or Melody? I'll let go first. I haven't written down my goals for the year yet. Usually I do. I did my goal reflections and that was nice, but I haven't done my goals for this year. But one that came up recently, I want definitely want to be more assertive. I feel like because I'm not assertive, there's miscommunication and that could be like, especially at work or like with friendships. So I definitely want to be more assertive. That's, that's awesome. That's, such a, that's good a good one. That's a good one. It'll put things, it'll make things clear in your relationships when you are more assertive. But I'm on the same boat. I haven't written any of my goals down either, but I do need to do it. I, I definitely do. I just haven't had the time to. Should we have, what is it, a vision board party? I have my vision board ready. I uh, I took some things out and I'm, I need to put some of these things in there. Can I see yours? Do you have it? Um, Let me see. Yeah. yeah okay. Wait, is this vision board from last year or this is what you did like the past few days? So I actually just updated it a little bit um, just by taking some things out. So I'm like in the process of it. So this is mine. That's Joss's. Oh, uh, cute. So like, you can see the difference. So cat, because I was just got out of the military and I didn't know how to relax. And I was like only sleeping four to six hours a night. So she mm-hmm. said, I need to learn how to chill. Uh, I would like to start meditating more um mm-hmm. graduate with some certifications obviously this is a long-term goal like just like money travel health surf and i really want to is so organized yeah mine's a mess hers is all neat travel work on her curls look like j-lo get a cool day <laughs> you know i love it i love it those are great vision boards <laughs> So uh, can you take a photo of your vision board and like we could post it? We should all post our vision boards. Yeah, Joss actually ran in here and she was just like, that's last year's. And I was just like, well, I mean, I do plan to update it, but there's not too much I plan to update. Yeah. I need to tear down. And then Joss, oh, Joss just said she needs to tear her down. So we might get a different one next time. How Um, fun. But uh, I know that's something like on my to-do list that I've been meaning, I've been wanting to do for like resolutions I, I really haven't written anything down the the only thought I have that is kind of like generic is not focus too much on the resolution but focus more on the habits to get there um, journey mm-hmm. just because like a lot of people say these crazy ass goals but don't start with the small habit change you know agree I want to work steps. out I want to have a six-pack but you still go to fast food like three times a week you know what I mean like or like I just want to start small with just trying to change some habits that is a good like goal this. 
Yeah, because habits leads to results. And if you don't change the habit, there's no results. Um, hopefully I'll have a, something concrete on paper. I don't know. I would like to do it by like the end of next week. Probably another one isn't fixating on things that don't matter. We should follow up this topic on next week's on how are you guys? <laughs> and we can discuss our resolutions. Yeah, I'd love that. Yeah, that would it be would, fun. It, help, it would help with accountability. Yeah. Oh, that's definitely true. Definitely true. I'll let you. I'll keep okay, you guys posted want- on my socks. <laughs> I want Have you made tell. it a week. <laughs> right. Yeah. Check peace goals bed now. I'm just kidding. <laughs> no. Sometimes I find articles of clothing in Maya's bed. It's not necessarily socks, but sometimes it's like a shirt or sometimes it's shorts, and she'll hide it in the corner of her bed and just sleep with it. She doesn't eat any of it. She just she just wants to sleep with it. Oh, what how cute. Yeah, she's really funny. She also knows how to use pillows very well. Like right now she's sleeping on a pillow. It's these like pillows that you're supposed to use like on couches, I think, or like, I don't know. You like chill on it like this and it has armrests. Oh. There's the armrest for pillows. Oh. Yeah. She's like a she's like a dog human, a human dog. Yeah, she's funny. But so I'm gonna start on my topic because it's my time to shine, but I also need you guys to be the best actors ever because you're gonna pretend this is the first time you've ever heard me talk about the topic of El Dorado. Beautiful. Yeah. Okay. Sounds good. Last week I was really sick. So my reactions are probably the probably be genuine about your guys' lost cities. Because <laughs> you didn't remember that Beto did to pass. <laughs> Yeah, like earlier before we started recording, Bethel and, Je- Bethel, Bethel and Grace were saying the cities. And I was like, what city is that? I got confused with the other topics we're going to do later today. So um, yeah, genuine reactions later. I hope genuine reactions for Bethel, from Bethel and Grace. Mm. So here we go. Bum, bum, bum. Okay, so to continue our part two episode of the last cities of Latin America, I'm going to do El Dorado, but how I explained in our last episode, I wanted to focus more on like the truth behind El Dorado, not necessarily all the legends about it, because I'm sure we've seen the movie, like I know there's that cartoon movie El Dorado, and I know I know there's books about it where explorers discuss how they reached it, blah, 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 but I'm going to talk about the actual like ceremony. So let's begin. Mm-hmm. Oh, I'll also link in that it was specifically a BBC article that really broke this down. So this really helped me bring the truth of El Dorado. Okay. So one thing that shocked me is that El Dorado is not, it doesn't mean city of gold. It actually means man of gold in Spanish. So that, again, every time surprises me. Did you guys ever take the time to break it down, guys? Tell me no. the truth. No, no. I, I, I think what I compared it to was like, um, like Lima. Nobody knows what, like, what does Lima mean? Like lima bean? Like, what, what does it mean? What does you know what I mean? Like, like Northridge. Mm-hmm. I was in Northridge last week, and it, like north of the ridge, like north ridge. Like, I never bothered to look it up or think too much into it. You know. She said, like, "You never do, right?" Like, yeah. It's just like, right. okay, that's what it's called. El Dorado is a city that there's a bunch of gold. That's what. Yeah, like, what San Francisco mean like? San Francisco, like, is it? You just, you just, yeah. What's yeah. Miami? That's I can go on, guys. Miami. Exactly. So El Dorado 
like I had to like break it down to myself. Like it's not the city of gold, it's the man of gold. All right, so let's bring it back. Da -na 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 -na. So how I mentioned before, like different Spanish explorers arrived in the foreign continent of the Americas in the early 16th century. And they began to write about El Dorado, the man of gold. So I'm gonna quote a specific quote by Juan Rodriguez Friel. He wrote this book about the ceremony of El Dorado in the book. The book's name is The Conquest and Discovery of the New Kingdom of Granada, published in 1636. So let's hope I can do this again how I did last week. Okay, I'm gonna break in my story. <clears throat> Let me clear my throat. One second. <laughs> hey, so here, here comes the description of the ceremony. I'm excited. <laughs> okay. Gotta vocalize. So much anticipation. <laughs> okay. So when a, when a leader died within the Misaka society, the process of succession for the chosen golden one would unfold. The selected new leader of the community, commonly the nephew of the previous chief, would go through a long initiation process, including the final act of paddling out on a raft onto a sacred lake, such as Lake Quitevita in central Colombia. Surrounded by the four highest priests adorned with feathers, gold crowns, and body ornaments, the leader, naked, but covered Ooh. full of gold dust, would set out to make an offering of gold objects, emeralds, other precious objects. Yes, Grace? Isn't this like a music video that we've seen before? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. To me, it just seems like a Nicki Minaj video. Oh my God, yes! Because she, and once she is like in gold dust, isn't she? Or yeah, in like a real, is this the Anaconda video or which one? Is it the Anaconda video? Did she, maybe she took some inspiration because isn't, isn't the Anaconda only from the South America? Nicki Minaj gold dust. <laughs> yes, Google that right now. Nicki Minaj gold dust. I'll hold my quote. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Uh oh. I think she was just dressed in gold. Like emeralds and stuff? Yeah, like she just looks so... Oh, yeah, Nicki Minaj dip, dripping with gold. Oh, it was in Nicki Minaj Queen, the album. Well, in the album, the, the cover, she's dressed as Cleopatra, and she has, like, a bunch of gold on her. I guess that makes sense. Oh. I mean, yeah. why we think of her like that. Good branding on her part. Oh, and it's, <laughs> it's, it's the music video, Light My Body Up. I guess I, I need to watch that later. I do mm -hmm. need to watch that as well. Yeah, I, I I think that's where I remember her being like just bathed in gold. I mean, she looks fantastic and everything, but okay. Anyways, continue. Sorry. So emeralds and other precious objects to the gods by throwing them into the lake. Wow. One more paragraph. Wow. <laughs> the, short, the shores of the secular lake were filled with richly adored spectators playing musical instruments and burning fires that almost blocked out the daylight from the lake basin. The raft itself had four burning fires on it, throwing up plums of incense into the sky. When at the very center of the lake, the priest would raise a flag to draw silence from the crowd. This movement 
would mark the point at which the crowds would commit an allegiance to the new leader by shouting their approval from the lake shore. End quote. Did you guys feel like you're there? Yeah, I felt like fireworks coming and like, it's a very nice, very nice initiation for the new king or the new ruler, right? Yeah, yeah, it's pretty, uh, I guess it's something that fits a king, you know, or queen. Yeah. So this was a description, again, let me give him credit, Juan Rodriguez Freyel in that book. And not only was this account of this whole ceremony didn't just come from him, many similar descriptions have been found all over from different like Spanish explorers or just explorers all over the world. So when it comes to the gold, I was I was mentioning how like Westerners, Europeans see gold differently compared to the the people they're called the Musca Society. And from what we know, it was specifically in like central Colombia. Oh. Okay, so within the Musca Society, they viewed gold specifically for these rituals, and it was not exactly just gold. They would like melt the gold and silver and copper, so then it to them they would give them more value. But also to anyone, if you mix it with like the main base being gold, it gives it more value, like dollar wise. And the Europeans knew that, right? So again, this is something they wanted. Scrolling down however when they would make this gold it wasn't for them again like i said to wear they would immediately throw it into the lake so these like creations would only be available for only like a few hours right so they would the explorers would see it be thrown into the lake so as soon as the ceremony's over (laughs) the explorers or europeans or foreigners would dive in there to get the gold so you could see how that would cause conflict with the people of Yuska. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah. Until this day, they still experience like looters going in there, going through the caves, trying to find gold. But unfortunately, like Colombia has this issue where like the looters will keep it themselves, melt it, sell it, rather than give it to like a museum or somewhere to like preserve it. Mm-hmm. And one of their, I'm going to post this photo, one of their latest things that they found recently in 1969 in a cave around that lake is like this little rat, gold raft with the four priests and like the king to be. And it's like tiny. It's like the size of my palm. Right. And it depicts all these little details in it. So someone who found it actually like gave it to the museum. It's actually at a museum in Colombia. And that whole that whole uh, museum is just filled with gold that they found. Oh wow, so that's, that's interesting. That's how much, right? Isn't that cool? So this whole museum is just filled with gold that they found around that lake, and that lake is called Gava Vita. Gonna send it mm-hmm. to you guys. And is it like a bunch of gold jewelry, or is it gold statues, or what would they make specifically out of this gold? Would they wear it? Would they trade it? Um, they didn't mention trading, but they would wear it. But specifically, what they would throw to the lake for their gods were like objects. Were objects. Mm. Oh, okay. So it was like, I guess El Dorado kind of like the ceremony? It's the ceremony of the man of gold. Okay, which is going to be gold. the new leader. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yes. Yeah, that makes sense. Huh, interesting. Right. Okay. So I guess it's kind of like, um, this is my Mythbuster episode of El Dorado. Because El Dorado is not a city of gold. 
gold. It was specifically for this person it's a to lake become of gold. More or less, yes. <laughs> right. no, like more or less, yes. So I thought that was pretty cool. I'm really as soon as I read this article, I wanted to bring it up in the podcast because again, this whole lost city of El Dorado, I don't really think it exists. Or like Grace right. said in the previous episode, it might be cities that were part of the Inca Empire. Or a lot of like natives decided to just tell Europeans this like what a tall tale just to get rid of them. Yeah, what better way to get rid of Europeans than like you can't fight them, they're bringing disease. Hey, yeah, exactly. And they also confused them with Spanish that they told them El Dorado, but it actually means old man. Yeah, thank you. Thank you so much for your patience with this segment with me, guys. You guys acted very surprised from the Nicki Minaj <laughs> to all the loud gasps. And I promise I'm gonna ask, I'm gonna act just as surprised because I was super sick last week. Where's the next <laughs> next lost city? Okay, so my city is called Ciudad Perdida. It's Spanish for cool lost city. I was just like, um, that's so funny to me because I feel like every lost city has like, like some type of name like that. Yeah. And they're like, we got nothing, guys. It's, it's just the city that's lost. Like, very <laughs> straightforward. <laughs> right. This yeah, is what it is. There's no Choca Kirao. There's no Tikal. There's no, yeah, this one's just lost, guys. Yeah. El Dorado. Just it's just, it's not even a city. It's a man of gold. Yeah. Well, I think it had, well, you will see why they call it the lost city, because I don't think it would have been found due to the mistake that someone made or just by pure dumb luck. Let's put it that way. So currently, La Ciudad Perdida is the archaeological site of an ancient city in Colombia's Sierra Nevada de Santa Marta. It is believed to have been founded about 800 CE, some 650 years earlier than Machu Picchu. So that says a lot right there. It's older than Machu Picchu. This location is also known as the the Yuna and Buritica 200. I don't know why Buritica 200, but that's, it's also known as that. Um, What does that mean? I don't know. I think Buritica is another city in Colombia. I didn't look it up, but let me look right now. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah, no, it, so you Google Buritica 200 and it comes at Ciudad Perdida, Sierra Nevada, Santa Marta. <laughs> yeah, I think maybe Magdalena Department, Colombia. I don't know. Maybe it's just a name. I've heard it, Buritica, before. But I, I don't, I don't, I don't know. I don't know. Do anyway. you remember the photo you sent last week? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, we Sorry. did have a zoom call last week <laughs> it did we happen did it wasn't a dream over an hour so Ciudad it Perdida, was really green okay i'll stop yeah, yeah it was this. really green okay Ciudad Perdida consists of a series of 169 terraces carved into the mountainside which is what melody's talking about it's a net mm-hmm. of tiled roads and several small circular plazas the entrance can only be accessed by a climb up some 1,200 stone steps through dense jungle. So that's a lot. That's a lot of steps. It requires a lot of 
physical, not physical strength, but a lot of cardio, I would think. Um, So what Melody was talking about was called these terraces. So if you go, when we go, or when, if anybody does go, or if anybody has been there, there are these terraces. It's a terrace is a piece of sloped plane that has been cut into a series of successfully receding flat surfaces or platforms, which resemble steps for the purpose of more effective farming. So imagine like a really long step. So, you know, so stairs mm-hmm. and they're like short, yeah. just enough to fit our foot. Mm-hmm. Okay. So imagine these steps, but just elongated. And instead of using it to go up, the people there would use it to farm. So they, because the rain, you know, if it would be just a complete slope, the rain would just slide right down. Slide down. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So they would make these steps in order for this rain to stay and for them to be able to farm and make food and grow food. So I thought that was very ingenious of them. Uh, mm-hmm. The Ciudad Perdida was discovered in 1972 when a group of local treasure looters, they're called Los Sepúlvedas, found a series of stone steps rising up the mountainside and followed them to an abandoned city, which they named Green Hell or Wide Set. That's an oh interesting my. name, right? Like Green Hell, maybe because it was really green. So I don't know if you guys remember the picture I sent you. It's really green. Yes. Uh, I can send you another picture right now um, so you guys could see. Los Sepulvas was, a, they were, there was a small family of looters in Colombia. Mm-hmm. Their story leads to the beginning of one of the greatest archaeological discoveries in modern times. The family went hunt. So the story goes that the family went hunting in the forest of Colombia when they shot down a wild turkey. I don't know why wild turkey. I don't know how to do the same thing. Like Columbia. random. Maybe it's just okay. a turkey. They wanted to eat. Not a jaguar. A turkey. Okay. A turkey. Upon retrieving the turkey, they noticed it had fallen on a piece of an exposed staircase. So you can imagine the match doesn't feel like secret garden. Like mm-hmm. a little bit, yeah. Yeah. Uh, these staircase would lead them to find La Ciudad Perdida. For years after its discovery by the looters, treasures from the site, including gold figures and ceramics, soon began to appear on the black market. Oh, wow. Yeah, so, I mean, obviously, they, for being looters, they, they really hit the jackpot. Imagine going up these steps and opening up because no one had been there, right? So it's like a jungle. You're in a jungle already. And then opening and you just seeing like a city of greenery and gold and ceramics. So they really did hit the jackpot. Um, Archaeologists headed by the director of the Instituto Colombiano de Arqueología reached the site in 1976 and completed reconstruction between 1976 and 1982. So thank goodness (laughs) archaeologists found La Ciudad Perdida, right? Thank the heavens. So Evidence shows that indigenous people knew of the site, but did not let others know because they wanted to keep it. They wanted to keep these people away. So basically the people that lived in the city, they wanted to keep them away. Members of local tribes, the they're called the Aduaco, the Kogis and the Wiwas have stated that they visited the site regularly before it was widely reported, but had kept quiet about it. They call the city Tayuna and believe it was the heart of a network of villages inhabited by their forebears, the Tyrona. Ciudad Perdida was probably the region's political and manufacturing center on the Boritica River and may have housed 2,000 to 8,000 people. Wow, that's a lot of people. That's a good amount. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. The site was originally inhabited by the Tyrona people. So, I mean, that's pretty impressive for there to be a network <laughs> that for this city so high to be considered 
where everyone met up and did like trade and exchanges and yeah. ate there, right? Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, these people were in good shape. Yeah. So, well, they didn't eat the junk we ate, but anyways. Oh. <laughs> the Tarona people were forced to flee from La Ciudad Perdida after years of trade and conflict sometime in the 15th century when the Spanish landed on their territory in 1514. The conquistador took out his declaration and read, mind you, this declaration, I don't know where they got it from. I'll link the website and everything where I got it, but it said, okay, this is the declaration, quote, I assure you that with the help of God, I will make war on you in every place and in every way I can, and I will subject you to the yoke and obedience of the church in their highestness, and I will take your persons and your women and your children, and I will make them slaves, and I will take your goods and do you all the evils and harms which I can. Can you imagine the quote? I mean, do you think the people there even understood this quote? I wonder <sighs> if it was said within their language. Like, was this read in What's Spanish? Happening? I don't yeah. Know. Like, I wonder if they just stared at him. They're like, <laughs> okay. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to trade my, my things. All right, guys. They're like a later. <laughs> exactly. That's like a lot of words. And it's just yeah. like, did you learn their language? Like, how was this? It's very you know? dramatic. It, it reminds me of like The Office when Steve Carell's character, um, he's just like, I declare bankruptcy. They're like, hey, uh, <laughs> You know, you, you like you can't just declare it like you need to file paperwork, and he's just looks to, like stares at nothing, <laughs> and he's like, "Oh, <laughs> like he looks so shocked that he's like, you know, just shout it to declare bankruptcy." <laughs> That's that kind of what it seems like. No, I definitely agree because he could have just been screaming all this to the air and them like looking at him like this crazy guy, like we're just gonna continue on our day or go shoot him or I don't know, who knows? This quote was said. And you may ask, how do I get there? Well, I will tell you, because we all know we want to get there. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> the lost city is very deep in Colombia's jungle and is impossible to access by road. So you can't take like a car there, you know, like, oh, let me jump in my Jeep. No, you need to hike there. The only way to visit is to walk there uh, 44 kilometers. It's a five-day hike that includes several river crossings and steep five days. Flights. Yeah, it's a five-day hike. <laughs> the walk is moderately difficult. I wonder what that means. Moderately you said difficult. 44 kilometers, right? Yeah, I don't know how That's many. Like that roughly is 20 miles, isn't it? Shut up, really. 28 yeah. miles. No, 20. Oh, still okay. <laughs> I'm listening. No, it's because I did. I did 26 in two days. So I'm assuming that's because of like dense jungle. Okay. That it's so much. Because I mean, the terrain, oh, so 44 kilometers is 27 miles. And I did, I think it was 26 or 28. I don't remember. So if that took me two days, that must mean like the terrain must be intense. If it's yeah. six five days. Because I'm assuming two and a half days there, two and a half days back or something like that, you know? Yeah. Unless it just means huh. five days straight to get there. Then I'm like, that's insane. I don't think so. I would think they have to sleep. Uh, so they say that the walk is moderately difficult and requires a good level of fitness. So you already know that you can't oh, be a damn. chunky monkey to get there because you might not make it. <laughs> <Yeah>. so- <laughs> Excuse your language, Grace. Gosh, <laughs> chunky monkey. I've never even heard that. I just- <laughs> not pointing fingers, but no chunky monkeys here. Wow. <laughs> uh, 
it finishes by climbing the so it, the 1200 steps <laughs> is not included in the 44 kilometers so in addition to the 44 you need to climb 1200 stone steps that yes. lead you to this lost city so I'm annoyed having to count those steps that's a lot of steps that is a lot of steps and if they're as big as you say like that must be like that must feel like over a mile of steps it, just going yeah. up like yeah, eventually I, just be like yo this is beautiful but i'm starting to get annoyed no wonder they call it green hell yeah maybe that's why they called it green hell so i just sent you guys a link through the chat of the wewa tours and you will see beautiful pictures of tourists that have actually made it all the way up um and you can see the terraces that we were talking about also the greenery uh obviously right now it is kept because there are archaeologists and people that are taking care of the place and trying to preserve it so i just sent it to you if you guys want to look at it um beautiful it's beautiful yeah it's beautiful and so you will ask people ask what does the future hold for the lost city Mm -hmm. so the nonprofit organization global heritage fund ghf has been working to preserve the lost city and protect it from climate change jungle overgrowth looting neglect and unsustainable tourism it also wants to ensure indigenous people are closely involved in its development one indigenous-owned and run agency, Wewa Tours, which is the link I sent you, already organizes hikes to this site. So they're trying to keep it intact, you know, not ruin it. Just like in Machu Picchu that they don't let you climb stairs anymore, certain steps or don't let you go in because we ruin things. It's just what we do, you know, going with yeah, all, of our, mm-hmm. all of our all of our gotta technology. touch everything. We definitely do. <laughs> yeah. Definitely me. God, people are so obnoxious. <laughs> but I'm, I'm people you know what i mean yeah. I, I if you'll see me at target i'm touching fucking everything it's yeah just, or it, smelling everything yeah, yeah. <laughs> or if i'm um, in an elevator and i'm alone i will press all the buttons to every floor it's just there something you go. i have to do <laughs> there you go so if we want to know or if you guys want to know the wewa tours cost about 360 dollars for the five to six day tour to get you to the lost city uh, which I think is very affordable for a tour for five, six days. And if I'm not mistaken, it does include the food, but it doesn't include lodging. Um, and when I say tours, this does not mean that there's a horse that's taking you. It's just like a guide. Yeah. Okay. No. So <laughs> damn, I'm out. And for that, I'm out. <laughs> no, I would love to do that. That sounds fun it's not it's just so affordable so the tour includes food accommodations and hammocks so we would sleep in a hammock cool. i've never slept in a hammock before but i can my try okay. <laughs> oh my goodness it's really good for you okay uh they'll give us snacks and fruit on the tracks cool. while we're on that's just nice an english translator travel insurance contribution to the community um entrance to the archaeological park and a native indigenous guide yeah, that's awesome. That saves me money for, to buy more empanadas on the way yeah, down. Yeah, yeah. Accommodation in most of the cabins that segment the trek to Lost City, 70, 75% hammock, 30% bed. So the accommodation depends directly on the season and the demand of tourists. Okay, so we might be lucky, you might get a bed depending on how many people want to go. <laughs> so <laughs> make it a bed. <laughs> cool. So that is some information of the beautiful Ciudad Perdida located in Colombia. Yeah, this is is definitely a place that I would love to go and just experience some history from our Mm -hmm. beautiful Southern American 
uh, community. Yeah, that sounds really it cool. Sounds amazing. I want to go visit. Not too excited about not having a bed, but it looks great. <laughs> yes, it does. It's beautiful. <laughs> so that is my wrap on La Ciudad Perdida. Thank you so much, Grace. That was beautiful. Mm. Well, now we're moving on to Beto's Lost City, which is the lost city of... Tikal. Yeah, Tikal. Okay. I am doing the lost city of Tikal. So where Ooh. is Tikal? I don't remember is... this at all. I'm excited. <laughs> Tell me. Tikal is located in northern Guatemala. Mm. Um, it's modern day Yucatan, Quintana to Campeche, and Tabasco. Today, it's called the modern way is obviously my Tikal. Uh, it's the modern Mayan way to say it. Um, but it's likely to have been called Yax Mutal. It's spelled Y-A-X space M-U-T-A-L. Wow. So it's located in the dense rainforest of Guatemala on the north side. And it's uh, considered one of the largest archaeological sites of pre-Columbian Mayan civilization. And it's one of the grandest cities of, or it was one of the grandest cities of Mesoamerica. Um, right now there's like two main temples there's temple one and two that were built and it's listed in the world heritage site of UNESCO or UNESCO UNESCO um, according to hieroglyphic records the first dynasty was founded by Yax Eb Suk estimated around the first century AD uh, so I'm assuming that's how it's spelled his name is spelled Y-A-X space E-H-B space X-O-O-K so it's a very unique spelling. Mm -hmm. okay. um, this was ruled approximately uh, 200 AD to 900 AD. Um, and so it had like a lot of ups and downs. Let's just say that. So okay. um, to fast forward a little bit, and we'll come back to that. Tikal was modern day discovered in the 1840s by John Lloyd Stephan or Stephen. I always forget how to pronounce the, that one. And Frederick Catherwood. The city is the reason why it was like so important was because it was surrounded by valuable goods such as cedar wood, color dyes, resin, and more, um, such as like fertile land. Um, this city contributed to the main economic growth for the Mayan Empire. Approximately the year 378, Pika came into contact with the Teotihuacan, Teotihuacan, which are the Aztecs of Mexico, um, which is okay. pretty wild. The, they figured that out because they found like art and pottery and certain like architectural designs that were mm -hmm. influenced from the Aztecs in, uh, in this area. So it's assumed that during this time they were doing some trading that further on eventually led to war. Oh, okay. Um, unfortunately, Tikal was like plagued with war. Um, mm -hmm. There was a break with, oh, fun fact, there was a break in male succession around the year 317 AD, which is pretty wild when this person called Lady Unen Balam performed a Katun ending ceremony as queen of the city, which is pretty rare. Uh, mm -hmm. So what Katun ending means, it just means like the ending of a calendar. Oh, so okay. We all know the calendar meant a lot to the Mayans. Yes. So um, it's pretty cool. Uh, obviously to have like, a woman leader is very, very, very progressive. And for that to even happen in a break at all in any society, it's, it's pretty cool. Mm -hmm. Very uh, overthinking. How long was she the ruler for? Her Did name. they kill her in order to, 
dethrone her. Oh my. Because <laughs> they uh, usually kill kill female rulers. That is very true. <sighs> they don't let her just die and her next of kin take over. So there's been two ladies. So this is the first lady. And then there was actually a second lady further on in the year 500s. Oh, wow. So there's two ladies. Were they just, so these were, they became rulers because there were no males to rule or did they get elected? Because uh, Lady Unen Balam, it just Mm -hmm. says that year, 317, and that's it. Mm. Um, It says she's assumed to be female. The sex of the ruler is unclear. So, I mean, I don't know. This is pretty difficult information to to find exacts of you know because yeah, a lot of this yeah. is going through like hieroglyphics yeah um so everything is saying just the year 317 mm, okay. uh, but there's also the lady of the which is said to have been a queen of the and she reigned from about five, april 19th 511 uh, till about 527 that's pretty cool for the people to allow her to reign for that length of time and not try to overrule her overpower her and take yeah. over yeah she must have been pretty fierce to yeah. still fear under yeah. her people. I feel like women have to overcompensate. Yeah, uh, definitely. In those type of positions, you know, mm-hmm. like their pro- their punishments are usually probably going to be death or some type of torture or uh, like what's the word uh, where they like they take off a limb, you know? Amp- not oh my! Not, not amputate. What's that other word? Um, there's like a weird. There's a criminal word for it, but I forgot. Whatever. Moving on. <laughs> the god reached its peak in the seventh century and became a Mayan superpower. So that they called, they said, they described it as its zenith. I'm like, oh wow, fancy word. Um, it had an estimated population and it like between ten and ninety thousand citizens. Um, it had okay. a, uh, the the size of the god reached two hundred square kilometers, which is estimated to be about. 77 miles you said they call it the zenith like z-e-n-i-t-h yeah zenith was the city tikal located like above a particular like it was was high was it in a high location or no they described it as a jungle like lowland so it's just regular rainforest it's just so dense like i remember watching a documentary on nat geo on it was actually on disney plus and they showed a ruins that they had just found mm-hmm. and dude if you weren't looking the jungle was so dense if you weren't really looking you would walk past it really it's so that you would just not even notice it wow. i remember seeing it on camera and i was like damn that's kind of hard to see yeah so if you aren't really looking yeah you'll probably miss it so i thought it was pretty impressive and it makes sense it's just how many things do we walk past and don't even notice yeah because we're so focused on uh, outer things it's just like I mean we can't really speak because we've never been in a jungle I mean I haven't been in a jungle have we it's a little foresty but I wouldn't I don't go off the trail too hard I can't really say like oh man I'm lost I've seen I've heard people say in Washington uh if they stray off the road and walk like 50 feet into the woods they can get lost easily really yeah so i mean i could i can imagine it, it looks pretty cool i'll see if i can find the documentary and send it to you guys later okay cool so it reached its peak in the seventh century and then gradually went into a decline in the 800s uh, everybody everyone had always known supposedly that the ruins were there like the locals um supposedly kind of like in colombia everybody all the locals know it's there but they're like eh, just don't say anything about it like yeah 
and eventually mm-hmm. they find it. What was pretty cool about this is that not only was it these people, they they had like this great community for like trading and all this other stuff. And they had these buildings that were beautiful, but they also had like astrological mm-hmm. meaning. So on certain dates, the the buildings were planted. So on certain dates, you would see the sunset perfectly on that rooftop, on that, like it would hit the peak perfectly. Mm-hmm. That was pretty cool because uh, I don't know how these people figured out like all of the stars and the stars will tell you what date it is. Like it's, I don't know, to me, it's very impressive. Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then random facts. Um, Oh, well, before we get into that, random facts. Temple One, they have two main temples. Temple One is 164 feet high, and it's steep. So it's, it's steep at a 70-degree angle. So Oh, I remember that. That is so steep. So like a 90-degree angle is vertical. So a 70 okay. is like, you know, like it's very, uh-huh. it's very steep. So I think it has 160. It's a pretty much like 164 steps. Like they're all like about a foot. Mm-hmm. um and you are allowed to climb it uh, so everybody's encouraged to go all the way to the top um, how do you climb it i mean crawl slowly slow. <laughs> <laughs> um, and one thing that i thought was cool is that the temple was layered into nine levels and it's actually layered to imitate the nine levels of the underworld and i just thought oh. how cool it was like there's nine levels in the underworld yeah, like I respect how like everything just had meaning. It, oh yeah, I would assume Nani levels like Dante's Inferno, <laughs> like levels of hell. Mm-hmm. Oh my and god, I just googled these steps. People coming down, they're like almost sitting down to get down because it's so steep. It must be intimidating. Like it doesn't look that bad in pictures, but then when you see it, you're just like, yikes. Oh, you know? they they created side steps right now. That is like that helps people just like regular stale stairs nah, son i'm going the traditional route <laughs> so I, i'm i'm keeping it traditional i'm not taking the easy way no. we're not doing that we got to okay. respect the land and respect the fact that why they built this you go up that way you come down that way <laughs> if you're like disabled okay i understand and I respect you for even going but if for you regular regular folk just damn it if you go there just come up come down Hey, sounds fine. Fine, fine. Um, uh, they assume King Chan Kawali is buried there and his wife is to be buried in Temple 2, I guess, from based on what they found in the burials. Uh, the richest tomb there belongs to Yaksnun Ajin. Um, he was buried with nine sacrifices and pots of chocolate. Nine sacrifices? Like nine people? Yep. Like, like that's wild. Yeah, like, what the hell did he do? The, so the, the reason why he was buried with chocolate is because the Mayans invented chocolate and they viewed it as a delicacy and used it for medicine. How for medicine? Oh. I don't know, but I guess it's pretty well. They invented chocolate. These people are geniuses. That's crazy. Yeah. <laughs> so I thought that was pretty cool. And lastly, the last fact that I have is that um, Tikal has a slab that is the recordist, the oldest recorded inscription uh, in Mesoamerica. Oh, okay. Repeat so, that. The oldest one. Uh, they have the oldest recorded inscription on a slab. They have the oldest one in Mesoamerica. Wow. Mm-hmm. Is the inscription like written in some language, or is it like hieroglyphics, or like? Okay, oh wow! 
these are beautiful. Look at how clean they are. Oh, wow. 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 <laughs> Our podcast is blah, blah, blah. And wow. <laughs> so yeah. I thought that was pretty cool. I, I think I think it looks beautiful. One thing that's really dope, uh, travel-wise, uh, it's really easy to get to. You don't have to go through some crazy excursion. Um, it's mm-hmm. approximately 340 quetzales, which translates to about $46. Uh, wow, so affordable. Mm-hmm. And that comes with an all-day tour guide and pass and everything. So mm. you're allowed to pretty much do everything like, like that. If you don't want a tour guide, I think it's only $20 or less. Wow, oh. so affordable. Yeah, so uh, food's good. I've eaten Guatemalan food. Uh, so you don't have to stress about that. The only thing is no drones whatsoever. Just because, like, I guess people have been crashing into the buildings with drones. Mm-hmm. So don't take your drones. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, they will confiscate your drone. Okay, that makes sense. So, like, so no GoPros? Uh, GoPros are fine, but, you know, like, actual, like, big-ass drones that people spend, like, three, four hundred dollars on? The ones that fly. Yeah, the ones that fly. Oh, okay. So, as long as you don't yeah. take those, yes. you'll, you'll be fine. Yeah. It seems really, really dope. I like it. I like the history of it. I think it's just so incredible how it was built. I you agree. Know? I like, to have that much precision to know that the rooftop, do you know how hard it is? Like if you told me to stack something perfectly that would align with the sunset on February 21st, I'm going to be like, how the fuck do you expect me to know that? <laughs> you know, and, and create a foundation large enough to have like house tombs in it, you know? Yeah. And then make it so that the peak aligns perfectly. That's incredible to me. That is definitely pretty impressive. So how they knew that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would love to. Oh, and it's an hour outside of the city of Guatemala. So you do have to take a flight to the city. Oh, yeah. so you yeah, have to fly. You can't drive there. No, I understand you can't. So and it's just it's one hour from Guatemala City. Oh, OK, that's good to know. And going back to the chocolate in the tomb, how do you know it was chocolate? <laughs> was like, more. like, is it like, was it like a brick of chocolate? I know I'm getting into detail, but like, it was dark chocolate. <laughs> I doubt they made <laughs> milk <was> chocolate. <laughs> no. Uh, I can find out. Like, I mean, did gusanos get into it? I'm assuming if he was married with nine dead people, you know, like that. I found that interesting. That is a very good question. I assume that they were the beans. Oh okay. oh okay that makes sense i was i was yeah. like imagining like a bar of chocolate to like eat that's what i was imagining <laughs> no, but okay. i don't think they were as sophisticated to have hershey syrup <laughs> <laughs> like a jug of it next to their two hershey's kisses <laughs> okay well that that's good to know that clarification was good um Okay, well, that was very informative. I loved it. Very good uh, segment on Tikal. I would definitely want I to go. See. Oh so my god, much. these Have cities! You... I want to see them all. I'll send you guys the picture. What's really dope is just I think because it's like rainforest jungle. It seems like the pasture is just always beautifully green. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, I don't mm-hmm. know if you guys saw like pictures from last week. Oh, Mel probably doesn't even remember. Um, <laughs> yeah, please I'll send it. <laughs> Like the pastures just seems always like I just want to lay on it, you know. Uh huh. So I don't know. This seems like 
like these lost cities, I feel like you don't always have to go through some crazy excursions. So it's nice if you want to go somewhere a little slower paced, just take mm-hmm. a flight over. This seems like perfect. Yeah. Enjoy some history, some culture. Yeah, you may have to go up some stairs, but it's, it's not really that bad. It's, I mean, you're not trekking 20 miles. I remember yeah. this photo, but this is such a cool photo. Wow. Wow. This is yes. gorgeous. A genuine wow. Wow. Mm-hmm. <laughs> beautiful. 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 Look at the, this is a perfect picture with the sky. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Very, Definitely very, close to this. yeah, very enticing to go. But is okay. this the end of our first two parter? <gasps> I think this is the end of the first two parter. Yeah. Congratulations, everyone, to us, especially. <laughs> yeah, we did it, guys. I couldn't, I can't believe it. It's crazy but- that we've we've been recording this enough that we finally have a two-porter you know yeah yeah thank everyone that's been following us little by little and we've kept up with it because like i thought we were gonna be like ah second episode but no we seriously kept up with it and it's coming along little by little little by little it's getting cleaner and cleaner. that's another goal for this coming year make the podcast grow that's a good goal mm-hmm. give it some love Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah give it some love and if you guys are listening if you guys could share our podcast Please it like. would be amazing yeah we're give trying really review. hard we're working on our research skills little by little we're getting there and i think the more practice we get the better our podcast is going to be yeah, yay well guys then that's a wrap unless you guys have something else to say no no that's all. it Happy this New was Year. like a long episode of deja vu for me and yes happy <laughs> okay happy new year's everybody and set those goals set those intentions because this new year hopefully it's better than the last two if it isn't i'm sorry i jinxed it it just is what it is buenas vibras buenas vibras good vibes good vibes guys please please. okay everyone good night san diego Bye. Bye. bye bye